Welcome back to the Park Hills Podcast. This week we are dealing with another one of the minor prophets, a man named Amos. So if you're listening to this and you're thinking, man, I just really like what they're doing, we like encouragement as well. And so you're welcome to send us an email or a shout out in different places. But regardless, parkhillschurch.com or the Park Hills Church app is where you can find us. So it seems like there's no real rhyme or reason uh, to some of these that we're doing. Really what we thought about doing for these was, uh, for this section at least, we would just handle some of the prophets that we may not preach anytime soon. And so as we walk through the Bible in a year, you know, we're going to read a couple of these books and we just wanted to spend a few minutes here on the podcast. There's some other characters, you know, that are kind of a bigger character in the grand scheme of things that, you know, we, we don't necessarily have to talk about them on the podcast because we're going to deal with the sermon series and then like Habakkuk, we're going to hopefully preach them in the next couple of years. Uh, but with all that said, I, you know, I like Amos. I would preach Amos, but I, we don't have it on the docket anytime soon. And so we thought it'd be fun. Let's just talk about Amos for a little bit. So as people read it, you know, they're kind of clued into it. So what do we know about Amos? By the way, when he says, uh, doesn't have a docket anytime soon. I think the docket stretches through what twenty twenty five now or where? Yeah, we we're we we know what we're preaching <laughs> through Easter of twenty twenty six. Yeah, so when he says not anytime soon, he, he means it. <laughs> it's gonna be a while. <laughs> Which I had somebody say recently when they saw the the document that we're we're working on, and they go, "Oh, it's just really encouraging that you guys are thinking that far out. It means you guys are still gonna be here." I'm like. Who thought we were leaving? This is crazy. Yeah, I wonder if uh, that person has any motivation one way or another about yeah. our futures. They're trying to ascend to the throne. They, they <laughs> is it a lop throne? off the head of the leaders. Is it a throne? We've been looking at the, these prophets, and they certainly don't <laughs> sit on thrones. And, Correct. And, I don't uh, think we do either. Uh, I do consider my office chair to be quite comfortable, but <laughs> I don't consider it a throne. Uh, amen. Matter of fact, the only references I make to throne are ones I won't include. But anyway, yes. so... Here we have a prophet who, it's not like he was raised as a professional prophet, like, you know, I from a long to line of prophets. Yeah. Matter of fact, yeah. I do. Re- really, you could uh, in that he, you know, he's just a good farm boy. He's just a good old boy. Yeah. Ne- never meaning no harm. <laughs> No, he's not a Duke Did of Hazzard. Did you just take yeah. us to the yeah. Duke of Hazzard? No, he's not the Duke of Hazzard. However, he is a farmer, yes. And he's a farmer. What's interesting to me is a lot of prophets speak against Israel. You know, we talked about Elijah and Elisha a few weeks ago. But a lot of prophets speak against Israel, but they're not actually from Israel. There's only one that we know of, besides Elijah and Elisha, there's only one of the books that we have here, these minor prophets, that we can say is definitely from Israel, and that's Hosea. So this guy's not actually from Israel, but he's speaking against Israel, and he's a farmer. So it's interesting. Yeah, he, he, you got to wonder at what point they're going. Okay, who are you? <laughs> okay, and give me give me your credentials. Shows up well, in overalls and a piece of straw sticking out of his mouth. <laughs> hey, everybody, listen to me. And for all those of you in the agricultural 
trades. Uh, don't be offended by what uh, Chris. Just you can said. be as offended as you want because Chris is on sabbatical right now, and he. Uh, <laughs> you can say whatever you want to say, but just direct them all to Mark. Okay, then Mark, I'll Mark I'll Hamlet. encourage you to write that down. Remember it till he gets back. I but will anyway. take it. So, <laughs> in this time, probably during the reign of Jeroboam the second, there's a, a time when things are good. In some respects, they're 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 prosperous, and you've got things are really stratified between the highly wealthy, those of high high you know social mm-hmm. status, and those who are uh, powerless or of you know much less means. And so there's a disparity there that seems to be a focus. Yeah, it's. You know, because you start to think, what could you say about the prophets? And I think one of the things that you keep seeing over and over again is, yes, fidelity to God, you know, following God, being true to God is important. But one of the ways, one of the marks in which you know you're being, you know, faithful or true to God is how you treat other people. And the wider the gap gets between the rich and the poor... And the fact that often the rich are those that actually have a say in wh- whether it be politics or whether it be, you know, national agendas or whatever those things are. The wider that gap gets, the angrier the prophets get. And they really speak loudly on it, which doesn't speak to today at all, does it? No, no, not at all. And, and it does, you know, it causes you to think, okay, uh, what about, uh, you know, doing these things that that show our care for the needy and what, however that need is defined. Is it um, just need of friendship? Is it need of food or resources? Is it need to uh, be affirmed or, or um, to be taken care of in Mm -hmm. some respect or another? And there's really this disparity and that seems to be a pretty powerful message um, that, that, that he's given to declare just going, this is not, this is not justice. It's not fair. It's it's not right what you're doing. Yeah, and and a big part of what you know Amos is talking about is just this judgment that's coming toward Israel and how they really deserve it, partly because of that widening gap between the rich and the poor that we're talking about. But then he also keeps talking about these other nations, and really what he seems to be saying is you're acting just like them, which is interesting because you know remember weeks and weeks ago we said in a sermon that that's what the people asked for. We want a king yeah, they to, be want to be just like, like the other nations. And now the more and more like the other nations they get, the angrier, so to speak, God gets. And I, that sounds weird because you, know, you almost make it feel like God's getting mad and mad and mad, and now he's finally going to deal with it. He's been angry with this from the beginning. But yeah. there's this idea of the prophets are speaking louder and more boldly, which suggests God wants his voice to be heard even more. So he's sending these, these folks in saying, listen, listen, listen. And a big part of that is I've got judgment for the nations, absolutely. But part of the reason why I'm judging you is because you look like the nations, you're acting like the nations, and it's just not good. Yeah, you've got it. You you got what you asked for. You wanted to be like the other nations, give us a king like in other nations, and now you're like it, you know. And and it's interesting that it's the the judgment is coming in a sort of a prosperous time, and, and it's interesting that sometimes that's when things go astray and maybe when we look at our own nation too just how uh, financially blessed we have been as a nation and how prosperous people are it seems like less and less interest in in God and the things of his word and uh, 
and maybe there's this uh, Americans try to just ease their conscience. Well, I give a little bit here and I do a little mm-hmm. bit there. And boy, when there's a you know a canned goods drive for for the school, we'll we'll bring in a lot of cans. Therefore, you know we're not we're not like that. We're we're being generous and and I think maybe we numb ourselves into thinking, okay, uh, that's good enough, right? Or we we know of somebody somewhere who's doing really good ministry and we think well they've got it taken care of they don't need me you know i'm thinking about friends of mine who are running ministries in inner cities around the country who mm-hmm. are doing really good work you know they're training people how to have jobs and they're teaching them how to do interviews and they're they're stepping into the gap and they're really doing a great job of helping people see that and we'll throw a hundred dollar check that way and be like oh we've done our part and i i wonder if the prophets were speaking today what they would say to us uh you know as we we do this, and there's this common phrase in Amos that you see in other parts of the Bible as well. But for three, or for four, right? It's, it's all over chapter one, especially verse six. For three transgressions of Gaza, and for four, I will not revoke the punishment, because they carried into exile a whole people to deliver them up to Edom. And he keeps saying this for three transgressions of Tyre, for four. And there's this really interesting play that's happening in Hebrew. For three and then four, for, for three and then four. And this is one of the really common phrases in, in Amos. And as you, you break that down, you notice, first of all, that the two numbers add up to seven, which is interesting. Uh, but then the other thing is just God is just saying these things of, there's three things that I'm angry about, but, but I'm going to add to it too. There's another thing too. And so there's just sort of this idea of it's, it's painful. It's, it'd be bad enough if you guys were just doing this, but, but really there's a whole nother thing going on too. And it's just... It's really, really bad, and it's almost as if you don't even see how messed up you are. And and I think about us, and I go, man, I just wonder, you know, if a, if a prophet were to walk into our midst and say, you know, here's what I have against you, Church of America, or, you know, and for four, here's another thing I've got against you. What would our response to that be? Because I know that even sometimes when I'm reading through the scripture and I'm getting prepared for a message, and I know we, we both have these moments a lot, you're really convicted deep down, even about your own heart and mm-hmm. my, own, my own, you know, for me, I, my own inadequacy, my own, uh, my own sinfulness. And it's not as, as visible as it used to be. You know, I, you could tell I was a sinner when I was in high school, right? But now we're 20 years past and sometimes my sin is more in my heart or in my mind. It's not, it's not out there. People so don't in- see it. They don't experience it, but it's just as visible to me as the, you know, who I was when I was younger. And I go, oh, I don't know if I would like this if this person came to me and said this. So then it's hard sometimes for me to stand up in front of people and, and speak, not harshly, but but really push the word of God because I think, oh, I'm, I'm just as messed up. So you think about a guy like Amos, what a bold man to step into the gap yeah. as an untrained prophet and pre, like he's not any of those things, just a farm boy. <laughs> Herdsman and a dresser of sycamore tree, <laughs> trees. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, you know, I think that you brought out an excellent point there in that why do the nations need prophets? They need someone to tell them what they don't see or refuse to see. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad you brought that out too just about as we prepare messages. You know, to me it's like, Lord, start with me here. Um, work in my own heart and show me what I need to see in this regard. Um because even as a pastor, you, you and I know, you, you don't want to be that one who does not see it. 
Um, you can see sins of other people, see the sins of the land, the obvious ones, the blatant ones, if you will. But if we're not even um, asking the Lord to search our own hearts and, and to deal with us, you know, at first and say, okay, let's get this right. And that's why I think to me, you know, and we've talked about this so many times, it's so essential to not uh, preach as one who says, oh, I got it all together. It's just, hey, I'm a fellow sojourner mm-hmm. in faith. But, you know, the instructions, uh, chapter 5, seek the Lord and live. It says, seek me and live, but do not seek Bethel, right? Don't go, don't go there. Don't go the wrong spot. Seek the Lord and live. Seek good, not evil, that you may live. Hate evil, love good, and establish justice in the gates. It's like you need to, you need to correct all that's wrong because it, it was just even – dishonesty and commerce even you're just cheating people because you can and and god's going listen i see all that Mm -hmm. i know what you're doing you're not fooling anybody yeah yeah i mean there's so much in this book and you know as you're reading it i hope you just notice that and and dig into it and my my fear always when we do a bible in a year is that people are going to get into the prophet's and they're just going to get tired of the same message over and over again. And so they're going to just kind of glaze over. And when you do that, you're really committing the same sin that these guys are speaking against, right? I mean, the word of the Lord is clear. You've got it. You've got access to it. Listen to it. Don't don't try to pass it off on somebody else. Just ask the question, God, are you speaking to me in this? Are you? Is this for me? What, what about this matters to me? You know, in a couple of these minor prophets, we're going to read in just a day or two. Uh, you know, uh, even long chapters like, you know, Amos has nine chapters. I think we read it in two days. We just we do a big chunk and then another big chunk and then you're done. And part of that's because it just gets weary after a while, right? You read Isaiah and it's like whoa, and you read Jeremiah, whoa, and Ezekiel, okay, how much whoa are we going to deal with? And then by the time you get into these later ones, we just kind of don't want to deal with it anymore. And mm-hmm. that's not how you're supposed to handle it. That's not how you're supposed to read these things. Yeah, for sure. I I think. Within this, we see just a, a good reminder of the danger of just being religious or, you know, just sort of having sort of a ritual-like faith. You know, it says, I, I hate, I despise your feasts. I take no delight in your solemn assemblies. Even though you offer me burnt offerings and grain offerings, I will not accept them. And, and the peace offerings of your fattened animals, I will not look upon them. Take away from me the noise of your songs. Oh, man. Think about that, that, the idea that our songs would be noise to God yeah. because of our hearts. To the melody of your harps, I will not listen, but let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. You know, he, he's saying, I, I don't really care about your show. I don't really care about you coming and, you right. know, bringing these offerings and singing your songs and playing your harps. I want justice. I want, I want you to... Do what is right first. Let's 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 clean up what you got going and start looking around you and caring for the people around you again as a as a beacon of light, you know, as God's people. And yet you're just robbing each other. You're not caring yeah. for people. Um, pretty pretty stiff um, admonition. And it's something that I think we struggle with because you know we we've we've said this before, but we don't lament well as American Mm -hmm. Christians and 
we're we're quick to jump to conclusions about all these other things that are happening. You know, we can find ways to argue our way out of caring about justice. And and I'm not even trying to be really controversial here. I'm just saying I know that my heart occasionally is not open to having the conversation about justice because I don't think it applies to me. Yeah. Because I'm good. And I, I look at it and I go, when you read verses like this, it should break us a little bit and just go, is my life just a show? It, it, am I really living this out? Am I, am I believing what the Bible really says? I, I can trust that it's true and I can live a good moral life, but I can still be missing the point of what I'm really supposed to be accomplishing or doing. And as you said, you know, this is during the time of Jeroboam. They, they are living the high life. This is 40 years away from the exile. You know, it's it, the first of the two exiles. This is, this is as good as Israel's going to get, the, the northern kingdoms. And so you might ask the question, like, well, how could it, why would we ever care about some of the things that Amos is talking about? And, you know, we've, we've had a number of discussions about not church here necessarily, because I think on Sunday mornings we're not all about the show. But we do have those check moments of, are we sure that we're just not about the show, right? right? We don't want this to be an entertainment thing. We don't want this to be a thing where everybody just feels good when they leave. We want it to be a place where you're really hovering over the text, you're thinking about it, you're processing it, and as you're convicted, you have a space to talk and to to spell it out. But I do wonder if God would show up right now or a prophet would show up right now, back to what we were saying earlier, and just say, no, you guys are all about the instruments on Sunday morning. You're all about the, you know, the lights and the cameras and the, you, you want everything to look and feel good, but you're, you're missing the exact thing that I want you to care about, which are the, uh, the people who have no way of speaking for themselves. Yeah. What are you doing for them? I, I believe that there's something within us, and it's, maybe it's just an American culture thing that it's easy for us to think that, okay, I've worked hard for what I have and I've, or I went to school and, or I built my own business and therefore, you know, I, I, I can look down upon the poor. I can have pity on them and I'll throw some scraps to them because, uh, or whatever, or we, whether it's achievements or whatever, whatever reason we're looking down on somebody else, but we, and we try not to think we are, but there's this idea that there's some pride there. And even think of, uh, you know, God's people. You know, they're, they're the, the chosen ones. They were, they were the elected ones. And yet that was grace. Um, and think about the things that have helped you get where you are in life. Did not God give that to you? Right. Um, whether you are have a great business mind or whether you are very talented or you've worked the way up you know, the chain at work or you're able to be a pastor or whatever, different things, whatever it is, is that not all from God? And and. And I think that ought to re- just bring us back to go, I'm nothing. And all that I have is his. Right. And therefore, I can hold on to it a little bit more loosely and not be so willing to uh, adopt this idea that this is mine. Therefore, I will share with you what is mine. And it's like, no, this is the Lord's. And, totally. And it, it's all yours. It's, it's free game because I'm just very blessed. And before we make it all about the heavy, which these prophets are heavy, and so we need to definitely process that, every one of the prophets ends with words like you find in chapter 9. And in that day we'll raise up the booth of David that has fallen and repair its breaches and raise up its ruins and rebuild it as in the days of old. 
you know, that they may possess the remnant of Edom. That sounds familiar from a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. right? And all the nations who are called by my name, declares the Lord who does this. Behold, the days are coming when the plowman shall overtake the reaper and the treader of grapes who sows the seeds. The mountains shall drip sweet wine mm-hmm. and all the hills shall flow with it. Uh, and I love this. I will restore the fortunes of my people Israel and they shall rebuild the ruined cities and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and drink their wine and they shall make their gardens and eat their fruit. And he says, I'll plant them in their land. And, and that happened. You know, this, this, just a couple hundred years later, this does happen. They get their land back. They're able to do all this. But we are currently living in a space yet again where it's almost but not quite, right? It's, mm-hmm. we, we just have this sense that there's a day coming when everything is going to get made right. And so we put our hope in that. We trust in that. And we know that Amen. even though everything around us is destructive and everything around us is just gross and nasty. Our job is to be the beacons of light, as Mark just said, who are speaking this word of restoration, that one day God will will make all things new and make all things right. And in the meantime, we need to listen to the words, the heavy words of the prophets. Come, Lord Jesus, right? Amen. Amen.